Welcome back to the Be Well Together podcast. I'm your host, Katherine Bowen, and the Director of Employee Engagement Programs at Salesforce. In this weekly series, we bring in luminary speakers and well-being experts to provide insights and tips related to all aspects of mental, physical, and social well-being to help you thrive at work and at home. So the old adage goes, teamwork makes the dream work. Never has this been more true than over the past year and a half, as we've all been adapting to different work environments, schedules, and many working remotely for the first time. It's become more apparent than ever just how important teamwork truly is. On this episode, Jody Koner, our Executive Vice President of Global Enablement at Salesforce, sat down for a one-on-one with WNBA alum and the current head coach of the Cal women's basketball team, Sharman Smith. Coach Smith is a shining example of teamwork and resiliency, competing at the highest levels of basketball as both a player and a coach. In her first year as head coach at Cal, she was tasked with leading a young, inexperienced team. With the odds against them, she was able to nurture the team into a highly successful unit. So, how did she do it? In today's conversation, Coach Smith shares how she taught her team to stay committed despite losing, how she steered them towards achievable goals, and why focusing on those things built a culture of success that didn't rely on the numbers on the scoreboard. It's time to play ball. Here's Jody's conversation with Sharman Smith. Okay, welcome. Welcome to another edition of Be Well Together. Well done you, a little oasis of inspiration, hopefully, for your day. We're thrilled that you're here again. It's been really, really fun over the last several weeks to get to explore all sorts of great thought leadership from different luminaries. We've had movie stars and meditators and chefs. And today we are getting to something that is at the heart of what I have been missing so much, and that is Sports people, where are the sports? Um, you know, outside of the intense rivalries and the athleticism, my favorite thing about sports has always just been really about the character, the character that is forged in competition. You know, in many ways, it can really just condition how you are going to handle adversity. And so today, oh my goodness, today we're going to explore this mindset with someone who has competed at the very highest levels as both a player and a coach. Joining us is a local Bay Area basketball legend and the head coach of the Cal women's basketball, uh, Sharman Smith. Uh, So for those of you who don't know Sharman, just a little bit of information. She was a star player for Stanford, um, helping the Cardinals to three consecutive NCAA Final Fours, as well as three consecutive Pac-10 titles. I think it's amazingly impressive that even all of the demands of being such an elite athlete, she's also earned a bachelor's and a master's degree in civil and environmental engineering from Stanford. And she is a retired WNBA player. So holy moly, welcome to the show, Sharman Smith. It's just great to have you here today. Thanks, Jody. I'm super excited to be here. Thanks for that introduction. I mean, this is just an honor to be included in this, you know, the well-being breaks that you're having. And to speak to the Salesforce organization, it is super cool. So thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Great. Well, I think today you are going to talk to us about putting your best foot forward, you know, even despite loss. And we just love to kind of hear you. I mean, you've really had to tackle this your whole career in many different ways. And we'd love to just hear your thoughts on this. 
For sure. Thank you. Yeah, essentially what I wanted to share with you um, was my first year as the head coach at Cal. And it was an interesting situation in which I've been an assistant at Cal for 12 years prior to taking over. And during that time as an assistant, I've been a part of Final Four team, Pac-12 championship team, many trips to the NCAA tournament. And it's kind of what's expected from Cal basketball at this point, right? Like you go to the big dance. And upon my return, the program had lost four out of its five starters, one to the WNBA draft. Um, our sixth player was transferring, um, as well as our, an incoming freshman who we expected to be a major contributor. So this wasn't a year in which people were thinking we're going to the NCAA tournament. And in those first few weeks, uh, when I got back to campus, when they hired me back as the head coach, I spent my time trying to convince people to stay and not transfer, right? Mm. And finally it hit me. I, I was just like, wait, why do you want people here that don't want to be here, right? Um, you're fortunate enough to be the head coach at the number one public institution in the world. Um, you're a good coach who cares about your players. You're committed to them wholeheartedly and, and not just for their duration at Cal, but for life. So there's really no need to beg, right? Um, and so what, what I felt like we were offering should be appreciated. And I started to think about finding people who understood that and wanting to build this team around that and those types of people. Um, and I think it's really important in anything we do, especially when we're leading, um, that we can be our authentic selves and that we don't compromise uh, what it is that we believe in and what we want. And from that point on, I started talking about finding people who were willing. And it actually kind of became our hashtag for the season. So um, the first part was like willing to work, right? So as a first time head coach and with a very inexperienced roster, we talked about how everyone in the program was in a new position um, that they'd never been in before. And I think many of you would agree that when you find yourself in that type of situation, you have to be willing to work harder than you've ever worked before in order to accomplish things you've never done before. So we wanted people willing to work. We wanted people willing to commit. And basically when adversity hits, we wanted people committed to our team and our process. So commitment to the coaching staff, committed to their schoolwork, right? So quitting on your team or your responsibilities as a, cool, as a Cal student is not an option. Uh, and then being that we're in the Pac-12 conference, which is the toughest conference in the country, we needed people willing to commit, or sorry, willing to compete, right? So to accept that challenge of going up against the best night in and night out. Um, and with that buy-in, with people willing to work, commit, and compete, we were off to a good start in terms of establishing our culture and our foundation. I also understood that there were pitfalls ahead. And I'm sure it's the same with any type of you know, team, whether it's corporate or an athletic team, there are things that can poke holes into your culture and do major damage if you aren't prepared. And I tried preparing as best possible for what I knew would be a really challenging season. My staff and I were staring at a really inexperienced roster. We were picked to finish at the bottom of the conference by our coaching peers in the Pac-12. And so I wanted to make sure that when things got challenging, when we hit a losing streak, that we didn't start falling apart and tearing at one another and giving up and throwing in the towel. And in order to try to manage that adversity that I knew was coming and be resilient as a team, 
I steer our focus towards three main goals during the season. Improvement, did we get better? Commitment, did we stick together? And enjoyment, did we have fun, right? Those three things. And focusing on those three things was how I believe we could build a culture of success despite losing games. And there are certain things that have nothing to do with whether you win or lose. And as a head coach, I wanted to challenge young women in our program to be the best version of themselves, regardless of the score. So I'll just share a couple stories on how this played out for us during the year. Um, in terms of sticking together, we started off on a high. It, it was really cool. We opened up on the road and we were competitive against UConn, um, one of the most storied programs in, in women's basketball history. You know, with a young team, a 10 point loss on the road in their home opener is, is like, okay, you keep, you keep your, you can hold your head up high, you know? Um, we upset Arkansas at the time. They were a top 25 team and we earned our first win over a ranked opponent. And so in non-conference play, we're, we're feeling good. And we also knew what was coming. So uh, we entered Pac-12 play. And like I said, it's the toughest conference in the country. And after losing our first two games at home against teams in the bottom half of the conference, we were staring at a very daunting task. Uh, we had four games in a row, three of them on the road, against top five teams in the country. Not top five teams in the conference, but top five teams in the country. There's no other division one women's basketball team that can say they played that schedule, right? So we had Stanford, Stanford, Oregon State, Oregon. And of course you go in wanting to win every game, but it was even more important to me that we ended that stretch of games the same way we came into that stretch of games, like as a team, right? So as one unit committed to one another. To make a long story short, we lost all four games, with the final game being a 50-point loss at Oregon. Oh! 11,000 fans. Oh! Yeah, and it was their 11,000 fans. Right, 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 <laughs> to be clear. So, yeah, so, you know, we, we fought, we did what we did, we played hard. You know, Oregon was, uh, for most of the season, ranked, you know, the best, the number one in the country. So in that locker room immediately following the game and this stretch of hell, I looked at the team and the first thing I said was, how do you feel? And our freshman guard responded with, we're still together. And everyone else started nodding their head in agreement. And I knew we'd made it through at that moment. I was like, okay, like I still have a team, right? I knew that we could take a butt kicking and not start pointing fingers, doubting one another, blaming coaches, right? So we were a group committed to one another. The next thing was, did we get better? That improvement, right? And yes, we got better. We had three people earn all conference honors. Our team stats and individual stats continued to improve as the season went on. And most evident of our growth is that a team that could not win a single game in January was capable of knocking off two top 25 opponents in March in a single week, right? And, you know, we beat Arizona. They were number 13 in the country. And it was on their senior day in Arizona. And I got like a makeshift Gatorade bath in the locker room uh, for the players with cups of water. That was really cool. And a few days later, we became only the second team in Pac-12 tournament play to win a tournament game as the 12 seed. We knocked off a top 25 team in Arizona State. And, you know, you don't win games in March if you're not together as a team and if you haven't made improvements when you're last in the conference, right? So 
it was really evident we got better. We kept growing even during the most challenging times. And I remember telling the team, hang in there, our moment's coming, our moment's coming, stick with it. And to have those moments in March, the most important month of basketball was truly special. Um, and the last piece of it was having fun, right? Are we enjoying this process? And we had a ton of fun. We enjoyed being around one another. And to be honest with you, this 12 and 19 season felt better than some 21 seasons that I've been a part of. And I told this to our team many on many occasions during the year, because when you're able to embrace the improvement and stick together and you know do all those things, then you're able to enjoy the process. And we had fun on bus rides, plane trips, team meals, gatherings at coaches' homes. And yes, in games and practices, right? Like we had fun. And I'm really proud of the fact that during a time in which the number of NCAA women's basketball players in the transfer portal is at an all-time high, I don't have a single player with eligibility at Cal leaving after this losing season. Wow. Uh, we ended the year on a, with a positive, a ton of positive momentum. Um, and we're looking forward to being back together again when the, whenever this virus will allow us to be together in order to continue to get better, stick together and have more fun, right? So, you know, how does that apply right now? Well, I mean, we aren't in control of what's going on with the coronavirus and all of us have had our lives impacted in a countless number of ways. And my experience in the most challenging coaching season of my career has taught me to look for goals that can be achieved even when you can't quote unquote win, right? And what can you do during this time to feel success, to grow, uh, to remain connected and committed to the people that matter most to you? And what can you do every day to have fun? And those are the questions we need to ask ourselves. And I can explain to you what we've done as a team and what I've done personally, but first, I'd like to take the pause to answer any questions or, or address any comments that you might have. That is awesome. I mean, first of all, you're a great storyteller. What amazing experiences that you've been able to have. Congratulations on, I think more than anything, is just this positive can-do attitude. And I really, I wrote down what you were saying about look for goals you can achieve when you can't win. I think that there's something deeply profound <laughs> in that idea in this place that we're in right now. So, you know, I guess I am curious to hear from you when you find yourself in that position, when you know, like, winning is not what this is going to be about. What are some, like, how do you get off of that win, win, win mindset right. and shift and let that go and kind of pivot and reset to a more achievable goal? Like, because that is hard. That is not easy to just say, okay, I'm not going to win, but I'm still going to put my whole heart and soul into this. Yeah, um, it, it was challenging, but it was really, really imperative that we do that, especially with a young group, right? We had four freshmen that were playing a ton of minutes and even our upperclassmen hadn't really played before. So they didn't have experience. And, and the number one thing was like giving them confidence. And so... I actually never went into a game saying, hey, guys, we're not going to win this one, but, right? What I did was, hey, guys, this needs to be our focus in this game. And instead of some goals for other games where it was more about the score and the stats, we, we focused on, on other parts of the game, right? And some stats 
that I knew were attainable for us. And so, for example, for this game, if you saw our board that we write on, you know, in the locker room before we go out, it was very different because what I did was I wrote their name on the board. So I go in and I write up all, you know, the opposing team, this player, you know, she drives left, she shoots the three, da 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 da. Um, our assistants put all that up on the board. And then I go in and I write up some key goals. Instead of that, what I did was I wrote each individual's name on the team and I left a space for them to write something. And so they come in ready for, you know, to read the board and they're like, what's up? And I was like, all right, I want each of you to write down what you're going to contribute, what you are committed to doing in this game against Oregon, right? And so it, it's, it's not about, you know, the score or whatever, they're going to decide, okay, I'm going to make sure, I'm going to get five rebounds, right? You know, we're going up against Sabrina. It was, Sabrina's not going to have a triple-double, right? Uh, those types of things where I let them decide what they were capable of doing against the number one team in the country. And then they have power in it. And then when you get in that locker room afterwards, yeah, we got our butts kicked, but our freshman point guard was like, I stole the ball from Sabrina, you know, and she's fired up to play against her again. And so you can have those little wins within the game, even when you can't actually, you know, get the victory. God, these are such great leadership lessons. Like, I just get it. This is how you become the head coach of Cal. Like, I get it. <laughs> I'm so inspired right now. Tell me about, you had mentioned, like, tell me about what you are doing with the team and with yourself right now in the middle of all of this to try to kind of stay focused, to mm -hmm. stay together, to stay committed. What's the plan right now? Yeah, so the number one thing right now for us is to make sure this team knows that we're there for them as a coaching staff, whatever they need, because, I mean, you know, there, there's so many emotions and frustration and things that people are feeling and loss, you know, that people are having during this time. And so we want to make sure that, that they know they have their coaches and that we're still a family. So we have our weekly Zoom meeting in addition to a weekly film session. Um, in the weekly Zoom team meeting, it's more like a check-in. How are you feeling? You know, what have you been up to this week? And each week, a new person is responsible for giving us an assignment. We've had several really cool ones, right? Like one player said, this week, you need to reach out to someone that you haven't talked to in a long time and then come back in the next session and tell us about that conversation. Uh, we've had someone else that said, hey, I want you to, you know, go in and design my favorite pair of shoe, you know, how you can do like your yeah, online, yeah. online custom design of a shoe. And then I'm going to pick the coolest shoe, all, all types of creative things that, you know, for assignments for the week that we have. And then we discuss them during that meeting, you know, in terms of me and, and trying to have fun, I, I did have a birthday, you know, recently. Happy during, birthday. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Um, it was May 2nd. And I was like, what can I do? Like virtual party? Uh, I don't know. And I've been into the Peloton during this period. That's been how I, you know, sweat and exercise and get going. And so I invited all of my friends that I knew had the bike to join me on a birthday ride. And it was really, really cool. Like everyone was excited about it. And I would say like 90% of the people who joined this ride got a PR on the birthday ride, right? Like the, everyone was just really getting after it and super competitive. And Tara Vanderveer, who's the head coach at, at, at Stanford was on the ride. 
with me for my birthday. We have this joke. I'm, I'm chasing her on the Peloton because she's really good, and I'm chasing her in wins. So I'll, I'll catch her on the Peloton. <laughs> That's a lot of smack talk. <laughs> um, but you know, those are some of the some of the things that that we've done as a team, and that I've done, you know, on my own. Um, but just staying positive and um, staying ready is what I've told the team. Right? They're they're trying to do workouts on their own. Um, and it depends on the resources that they have, right? But what we've said is whenever we do get permission from the NCAA to come back and, and to be together as a team, we want to make sure that we're in the best shape possible and that we've done all that we can so that we, you know, aren't behind as, as much as we can control. Yeah, yeah, that's really, really important. These are great ideas, such good advice for so many managers and corporate out there. I'm excited to see how many synergies there are. Um, I have one more question before we'll go out to the group. I want to talk a little bit about college recruiting because it's such a big part of your job and what you do. And so much of that involves like you going out and going out on campus and seeing these young talent and trying to recruit them. And I'm just super curious, are you doing this virtually now? Or like, what does that actually look like? Yes, you know, I was in an airport in Houston, maybe March 11th or so. And I was on my way to go to Toronto, Latvia, Greece, and then come home. And it was like a day before they shut down the travel, right? And, and my assistant was with me. And she was just like, we showed up late. We didn't know it, but we, we had missed our flight. And I'm like, okay, you got to get us on the next one. We've got to see these kids. We've got to see these kids. And she's like, maybe this is a sign. Like, I don't know that we need to be traveling right now. And I was like, all right, if you don't feel comfortable, we're not going to do it. We came home the next day. It was like, you know, no more international travel and such. And I was like, thank God I'm not stuck in lot. Wow. I mean, talk <laughs> about a close call. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. The kid I was going to see in Latvia um, you know, she's also supposed to come visit us with her family and tour campus and spend time with our team and all of this. And I was like, oh, gosh, everything's, you know, on hold. And how are we going to recruit this kid? And that was my introduction to Zoom. <laughs> and look at you now with your personal background. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, we do a, a virtual tour Um we do our home visit virtually and we're talking to her parents and, you know, with our staff and, and she felt comfortable enough to commit and she has signed and she will be a freshman next year, you know, and she's from Sweden. And it's like, there are different ways to do this thing. We don't mm -hmm. have to spend the money, <laughs> the resources, um, you know, to travel all across the country. I think I'm really fortunate in that we have a product that sells itself. I mean, Berkeley is known internationally, you know. Sure, of course. So she understood what a degree from Cal meant. Um, I think she could feel our sense of family and, and um, get a good sense of what our program was and, and where we're headed. So we've been able to still have success in recruiting and we've just adjusted how we do it. And, and I think that's what all of us have to do right now is there's another way. You have to find another way uh, to get the job done and, and stick with it. So we're still working on more innovation in terms of how we reach recruits, but what we're doing so far is still working. That's great. Good. That's very important. I'm glad to hear that. Thank you. Uh, Catherine, Catherine, everyone who is back from welcoming a new puppy in her life. Catherine, do we have any uh, questions from our employees? 
Yeah. So um, one question, uh, your work is special in that you really kind of are focused on developing people and bringing out the best in them. So what advice do you have for kind of our leaders for bringing out the best in their team members? Yeah, I think the thing that has been the best for me is I, I tell my players all the time that I am never going to ask them to do something that I'm not willing to do myself. And I don't know how that translates, you know, the corporate world and such, but, uh, you know, as a basketball coach, the fact that I, I have played in the WNBA and I, I did earn a degree from Stanford and a master's degree. When I, when I tell our players, like, I need more from you, you say this is your goal, you know, but if you want to get to this level, this is what's required or, you know, your degree matters. It's, it's, it's hard to tell a student athlete that when, when you can't back it up and say, I did the work to get an elite degree. Right. And so that's really, um, I think how I earned the respect um, and the trust of our players is by letting them know, Hey, I'm not asking you to do anything that I wouldn't do myself. And, and I can help you uh, find that path to get to where you want to be. Great advice. We have another question. Uh, who are your biggest inspirations and motivators in basketball or in sports in general? Gosh, um, when I was growing up, I, you know, it, it was Magic Johnson. That's who I idolized. And, and, you know, I was a tall point guard. So wanted to have that kind of status and, and, and be that point guard. Um, but as I've grown and, and, and gotten older, it's not necessarily about, you know, the basketball more as it is about the person. And I, I think I'll stick with our women's game just because I think it's so important that people understand we have role models and we have leaders in our game. And one person that I know extremely well who has pushed me and, and guided me through this, um, you know, is, is obviously Tara Vanderveer having known her since I was a little kid and her recruitment of me and then playing for her and then, working with her at Stanford. She's, she's just been extremely influential in, in who I am and where I am in this profession. And then someone that I kind of watch from a distance and that I know, but I don't have the same connection with would be Dawn Staley, who's the head coach at South Carolina and what she's been able to do in winning the national championship there. And, you know, she's a black coach and it's really rare in our profession to have black women as head coaches and to be in the state of South Carolina doing that. Uh, I just have a ton of respect for Dawn and, and I hope to influence and impact, you know, women the same way that Dawn and Tara have done throughout their career. It's an amazing accomplishment. You know, I guess I'm curious about, you know, your views as yourself as a leader, when you kind of look at your body of work and all of the accomplishments that you've had, when you look at that body of work, are you, are you still kind of trying to climb that mountain and you're not quite there yet? Or are you kind of like, yep, now I'm just coasting or like, where's your mindset? Cause you've accomplished just so much. And it's so easy from us on the outside to be like, wow, she's done it all. But somehow I get the feeling that your competitive spirit and your very driven nature, maybe you're not there yet. Yeah. I mean, I think I have a long way to go. <laughs> I mean, I'm really proud of where I am right now. And it's been like being a head coach at Cal, you know, I mean, uh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, it's real cool. <laughs> uh, but, you know, there's just so much more. And, you you know, you ask me the people that I look up to and, you know, like, you know, Tara and Dawn, like they've done a lot more. And 
I have, you know, some time to really try and impact even more young women. And, and that's what matters most to me is like, are my players graduating and are they doing something productive? And do they know that they still have me, you know, in, in their life? And so I just want to continue to help others be in a space in which they feel empowered and, you know, can like take hold of their growth and their place in this world. That's what's important to me, you know? And then, I mean, it would be cool to win and, you know, have some championships and, and cut down nets and, and do all of that fun stuff. And I think we're, we're building it. I, I really feel good about the future of Cal women's basketball. You know, not only did we have a really talented young group, but we also signed a number six um, recruiting class in the country for next year. Right. And I've got six freshmen coming in um, that are really talented. So we're building it. And um, there's a lot more that, that I like to accomplish for sure. It's amazing. You are an incredible, incredible trailblazer. I mean, and I say that from the depths of my heart, I'm just so proud of everything that you've done and you're just a joy to be able to watch. And I really want to thank you for your time today. We're really, really grateful that you've chosen to be here. Thank you. So, thank so you. Thank you for everyone for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this as much as I did. So just be happy and be well, and we will see you back here again soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Please be sure to leave a rating and review. We also encourage you to share this podcast with friends, family, and anyone you think could use a boost of inspiration. And for more Be Well Together goodness, visit salesforce.com slash plus or click the link in our show notes. Check back here again next week for our episode on Zoom fatigue, something many of us are suffering from these days. We'll be joined by the professor of communication at Stanford University, Jeremy Balenson.